Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I am so happy that you're here today, and I'm really excited to be sharing a brand new series that I plan to do throughout the year of 2022 here on the podcast. I'm going to be doing a monthly feature talking all about what your son needs most from you, which is really what this podcast is all about, right? Well, I kicked off this podcast back in the summer of 2019, just before my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You, launched. And the heart of this podcast was to expand on all of the content in Boy Mom and dive even deeper into all the things that are going to help and support moms raising boys. And I hope that there's been so much that has helped you and encouraged you if you've been listening all along or caught any episodes. I love to share interviews. I know that some of the topics that we bring on here are really specific to raising boys, but some might be more general. They might be more family-oriented or for you as a mom and And that's all good. We all need all that. But I really wanted to come back to the heart of this podcast in this series and dive into what our sons need most from us as moms. So this is going to be super fun, I hope. And um, today we get to start with the very first topic in the book. Now, chapter one is called What Matters Most. And that's really the introduction. That's sharing the heart of the book. It's sharing kind of how I came to the place of writing the book. But today we are going to be drawing from chapter two of Boy Mom, which is called A Connection That Lasts. It is subtitled Building a Healthy Relationship with Your Son. Now, I love this topic so much. It's definitely one of my favorites, which you'll probably hear me say each time I cover one of these topics. And that's why they all made it into the book. These are my 12 favorite things to talk about. 
when it comes to raising boys. But I really wanted to start things off with this relationship with our sons because I do believe it is foundational. All the other things we talk about in Boy Mom are going to be so much easier if you have a healthy relationship with your son. So I encourage moms to begin with that, to work on that and never quit working on it. And even right now, as I'm recording, I just returned from a quick overnight trip to the big island and quick side note there, because I know a lot of people get confused, Hawaii geography here. The big island is the island of Hawaii. And I live on Oahu, which is the most populated island. This is where the capital is, but Oahu is not the biggest island. So if you hear that term, the big island, you're talking about the island of Hawaii. Okay, there you go. Some of you knew that. Some of you didn't. Some of you don't care. But anyways, I went to the big island, had a cool opportunity to go with my good friend who is a photographer. And while she was out touring on a helicopter for a photo shoot, I got to do some writing. And while I was away, I was kind of chuckling to myself because it felt like every few minutes I was getting a phone call from one of my sons. I talked to my college sons a lot and not every day, but I love to hear from them and we chat and talk about school and friendships and Jonah started running track at Westmont. So I got a call from each of my college boys. And then as soon as I hung up with them, I got a call from Luke and he was talking about a paper he was writing for school. And I just had to laugh thinking, even when I'm away, I just have so many conversations with my boys and I wouldn't have it any other way. But there is no doubt that that relationship began when they were young. Now, as all relationships do, each of these relationships have gone through different seasons, different stages, but I will say uh, really being intentional about building a healthy relationship when your kids are young is going to pay off later because the reward comes when they are young adults, when they are grown up and you have a healthy relationship with them. Now I'm going to start by reading a little bit from the chapter and then we're going to just cover briefly the four building blocks of a healthy relationship with your son. Again, the title is A Connection That Lasts. And I open the chapter with a quote from Washington Irving, and I love this. It says, there is an endearing tenderness in the love of a mother to a son that transcends all other affections of the heart. Relationship, bonding, attachment, connection. These are mom words. As women, we are wired to be in relationship, and nothing is more satisfying than a strong connection to people we love. Yet, we don't always understand our boys, who sometimes seem like foreign creatures. I hear about it all the time through blog comments and emails, the universal cry of boy moms everywhere. There's so much noise, dirt, energy, and stink. And why is it so hard for boys to just pee in the toilet? Women want assurance that their sons love them and need them, but boys tend to be less open than girls about their needs, thoughts, and feelings. Even if they are chatty as little boys, they often grow quieter when they hit their teenage years. Males think differently, process differently, and are wired differently in just about every way. Because of this, women sometimes don't get their sons. Some of the women I hear from grew up with only sisters or imagined raising daughters, and now they find themselves with a son or two or three, and they feel lost. I was raised with only brothers, and still my sons have confused me plenty. My second son was an absolute handful during his toddler years. He was physically rough, impulsive, and seemed to prefer throwing a good fit over all other forms of communication. This caught me off guard because my first son had a more mellow temperament, which led me to the false conclusion that the ease of our relationship was normal or due to my naturally awesome parenting skills. 
Ha! The shocking reality of the boy mom life hit me when I still had just two boys and was pregnant with the third. It was our third year living in Hawaii, far away from extended families, and I was starved for social interaction. I felt trapped in our small home with only two boys for company. My husband was in his medical school residency program working about 110 hours a week, and I had yet to make any real friends on the island. At that time, we went to a young but fast-growing church in Honolulu that had a popular pastor. He was funny and talented and kind of a rock star as far as pastors go. One day after church, I met the pastor's wife, who was equally amazing. I felt like I'd struck the jackpot when she invited me to join her and a handful of women for a Saturday morning Bible study in her home. As a bonus, her teenage daughter offered to look after my two boys during the study. I look forward to this time all week. Bright and early on Saturday morning, I drove across the island, parked my car, and walked to the front door, nervous but hopeful. Maybe I'll make some friends, I thought. As I entered their beautiful home, I noted a lovely marble table showcasing a delicate porcelain figurine of a Japanese fisherman. I turned to greet all the women, and my two boys walked in behind me. As I said hello and hugged the pastor's wife, over her shoulder I saw the most horrifying scene. My two-year-old son was toddling full speed ahead, hand outstretched toward the marble table and the porcelain figurine. I opened my mouth, but as if in a nightmare, words would not come out. The whole world seemed to slow down as I watched my son grab the delicate figurine and hurl it down on the shiny tile floor hallway. I gasped as every woman turned to watch the figurine fly. I still picture it in slow motion, and it shattered into countless pieces across the tile. I was mortified. Though the pastor's wife responded with absolute grace, I wanted to disappear. I awkwardly stuck around for the study, then quietly cried on the drive home. Why does this have to be so hard? I asked myself. So much for making friends. (laughs) So guys, that's how we kick off this chapter of connecting with boys. And there is no doubt somebody out there has a story that surpasses mine. Our boys can be rough and tumble, loud and dirty. Maybe you've got a sweet and cuddly boy, but then as he grows up, you start to find areas that you're just like, I just don't know how to relate to him. I don't know how to connect him. Or maybe you have a really strong connection, but you fear him turning into those tween and teenage years that you hear they're going to pull away and they're not going to want mommy anymore. Well, that's what this chapter is about. And I really want to encourage you to continue the work of building a strong connection with your sons. And I am 100% confident your sons want a relationship with you. God wires our kids to want a healthy relationship with mom and dad. And sometimes as they're growing up, they're going to go through time where they're not showing it the way they used to, or maybe you're just struggling with your own confidence to believe that they need and want you, but they do. And I say in this chapter, do not let anyone tell you at any stage or season that your son doesn't want or need you. Your son wants and needs a relationship with you through every season. Though I understand sometimes that's hard to navigate. They are changing in so many ways and sometimes trying to figure out the best way to connect with our sons can be challenging. And so I think chapter two a connection that lasts is going to give you some practical help and encouragement as you build or continue to build your relationship with your son. And the way I do this is I am sharing four building blocks of that relationship, four building blocks of a healthy relationship with your son. 
in. And I'm going to touch on each of those building blocks here today. And then you can read much more in my book, Boy Mom. So we're going to start off with building block number one, which is love. First comes love. I open by saying an inherent fierce and protective love connects a mother and son from the very beginning. I remember my baby boys staring up at me utterly content and my own mom would peer over my shoulder and say, you are his whole world right now and everything in my world felt right. And it's so true. In those early years, our boys just look at us like we are their whole world and yet Eventually they grow up, don't they? And as I say here in the chapter, as they grow up, our love needs to grow up with them. When they're young, we might connect through talking baby talk and snuggling them and all those things that we connect with them being little. But as they grow up, we need to look for signs that they are ready for a little bit uh, more mature expressions of love. So I say when they get a little bit older, we want to have conversations with them. We want to ask them questions, maybe do some active things with them when they're teenagers, making them a sandwich late at night or hanging out on the edge of their bed just to let them download about their day. These are new ways that we can express love to them. And one of the things I always recommend is that we learn what our son's love languages are. And this comes from the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Many of you have probably already read it, but I will share a quote from Gary Chapman that says, every child has a special way of perceiving love. There are basically five ways children, indeed all people, speak and understand emotional love. They are physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. You may truly love your child, but unless he feels it, unless you speak the love language that communicates to him your love, he will not feel loved. And so the idea here is for us to be students of our sons, to kind of, you probably from a young age can already tell what, what, makes them feel most loved? Is it when you spend that quality time or do they love it when you get them a little gift? Do they appreciate it when you do something nice for them? Like you can just kind of think through your relationship with your son and probably figure out what their love language is. I also talk in this chapter about something I have learned over time and that is the importance as moms of just creating a loving environment in our homes. They say that moms set the thermostat in their homes, and I have found this to be very true. I've often heard from parents who tell me that they're frustrated because maybe their teenage son comes home and goes straight to his room and closes the door. Maybe he's always on his phone or on video games, and well, I have thoughts on all of that, but that's not for today's podcast. But one of my first questions is, what is the environment of your home? When your son walks in, do you greet him uh, with a smile? Do you show interest in his day? Do you do nice things for him or do you greet him with criticism? Are you always on his case about his homework or his chores or his grades? So what is the environment of your home? When he does come into the living room or the kitchen, are you busy with your head in your own phone or on your computer or are you available to hang out? Are you still doing the things you did maybe when he was young that made him happy? Do you make snacks the way you used to? Or also just the general environment in your home. It's always great to play some music, to have um, just an environment that is welcoming, and then your son will be more likely to want to hang out and to bring his friends around as well. So I think that as moms, we can just give our kids a really happy place to be and be ready to, to interact and, and have fun with them and just be ready to be a loving mom. 
I'm going to add one more thought here, something I've been pondering more recently, and that is the importance as moms of not holding back on communicating our love and appreciation for our boys. I just think about this world we're raising them in and how quick the world is to tear them down and and criticize them, and where else are they going to be built up the way they can be by their moms. Like we are the ones, we are the cheerleaders. We are the ones that can be their biggest fans and to tell them just how wonderful they are. So I'm going to encourage you to not hold back. Give them the big hugs, kiss them on the cheek, tell them they're wonderful. I know I've learned to do this just in a really playful way where even when my college boys are home, I'll be like, you're so handsome. And they're like, mom, I'll be like, no, look at you. You're so smart. I mean, it's just kind of a silly way of communicating, but I know that they're not getting that from everyone. It's not like the whole world is telling them that they're smart and handsome. And so who else but mom can do that so freely? And I think we should take advantage of that and do it the best we can and as often as we can. Yes, there's going to be times for correction and times where we need to have some serious chats, but I'm going to say on a daily basis, be the cheerleader, be the affectionate mom that builds them up and lets them know that they have a fan. They have someone who believes in them and loves them and speak those loving words and encourage them because I think that's one place that moms can play such an important role. So building block number one, love your sons well, love them with intention, and be a student of your son and his love language. And don't hold back on the affection and the loving gestures. So number two, we're going to talk about trust, building mutual trust with your son. And this is a really important one. I open saying the moment your infant son needs something and you meet that need, He begins learning to trust you. When your baby is hungry, you feed him. When he cries, you comfort him. And as a boy grows up, trust is still about meeting needs, but his needs become more complex, tangled up with his own developing character and his desire for authenticity in those he looks to as role models. This gets more serious as kids grow older because they begin to pick up on our character, including both our integrity and our hypocrisy. Ooh, so this is talking about the importance of being someone your son can trust. Now, one of the most important ways to do this is to just be authentic, (laughs) being the same person at home as who your son sees you being at church or at work in other places. You want your son to know that you are the real deal and that you are not a phony. So that's a big one. And we can all stop and ask ourselves if we are authentic at home. Now, there's no doubt our kids see us night and day at our best and at our worst. And so certainly... Um, there's some grace there. However, we do want to be the same person. We want to be authentically who we say we are for our kids. Now, another way, especially in the current time we're raising our kids right now, I think it's important that our kids can trust us and how we present them. And I think this is going to be a big deal when we're talking about social media. Do we post pictures of our son without asking? Do we tell stories about them that could embarrass them. This is really important because some of us might be used to posting things when our kids are little, but then they hit an age where it actually affects them. And I know I've made that mistake more than once where my son was like, mom, I can't believe you posted that picture. And I'm like, what? You care? And he's like, yes, I care. And so I think it's really important that our sons know they can trust us to 
show them um, the courtesy of asking permission and running things by them and not telling stories about them that would embarrass them, at least uh, not with somebody that we can't completely trust. You know, maybe if you have a confidential person or your spouse, but being careful about how we present our kids to other people. Now, the thing with trust here, and this is going to run through all of these building blocks, is it really does need to be mutual. And that means I tell my boys from a very young age that they need to grow up to be young men that I can trust. We need to make it clear that lying or using any form of deception is unacceptable and will fracture our trust. So I tell my boys from the time they are very young that telling the truth is always the right thing, even if they have to tell me something that could get them into trouble. They can be sure that lying would get them into much more trouble. So I try to use the word trust a lot. I use it with my youngest son, Levi, and I try to tell him often that the reason his older brothers get to do so many cool things is because they have earned my trust. And we all know that great phrase, with great freedom comes great responsibility. And so I say, listen, I'm going to give you some opportunities. And if you prove trustworthy, then I'll know you're ready for it and I'll give you more freedoms. But if you don't, then we're going to have to back off and um, wait until you're a little bit more mature. So we do talk about trust very openly. And we talk about how I want him to trust me, but I also want to trust that if I tell him to do something, he's going to do it. And it's like, we're a team. The family is a team. And so trust needs to go both ways. Okay, so we covered building block one, which is love, a love that grows up with your son. And number two, trust and a trust that is mutual, that goes both ways. And in the same way, number three, building block number three is an expectation of respect. Now, I open by talking about the fact that God commands children to honor their parents. And not only is this pleasing to the Lord, we can read Colossians 3.20, but as my husband and I like to remind our boys, it's the one commandment that comes with a promise. Honor your father and your mother that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And that's from Exodus 20.12. So we talk about respect and I think, you know, at the risk of sounding like an old lady, I'm going to say right here that I think this is a bit of a lost character quality in our culture today. You see kids speaking so rudely to their parents and you hear parents even joking about how their kids slam doors or roll their eyes at their parents. And I'm going to say right now, I don't think that should be acceptable. <laughs> if my kids start to slip into a disrespectful tone, I will be quick to say, I'm going to give you a chance to say that again, or I'll offer a consequence. Now, I have to confess, I think this is an area that we can start to let things slide without even realizing it. And so true confession here, uh, just yesterday as I record, I was with my Levi and two of his buddies and we were out together. Um, actually, we went to the Sony Open Hawaii, which was super cool since Levi's a little golfer now. we His coach gave us tickets and so we were at the Sony Open. It was a really fun day. We It was just a great experience. I learned so much. But as we were walking around, uh, Levi's buddy, who is one of seven children in a military family, one of our favorite families, super cool. Um, he turned to me at one point and he said, you know, you should have Levi write verses. And I was like, what is he talking about? And I look at him like, what? And he goes, you know, for when he's disrespectful to you, that's what my mom does. And I had to laugh because I hadn't even realized that Levi had been disrespectful. He had said a couple of things that just had a rude tone to them. And I was like, oh my goodness, his own friend is calling him out and suggesting a parenting tip to me. Wow. 
I have obviously not been on my game here. And so I said, you know what? You're right. (laughs) We do need to do some verses. So I was like, I need to have your mom on my podcast. So maybe we will follow up on that. Uh, And I asked him, I'm like, what does she do? How many verses? How do you do that? But certainly disrespect can crop up without us realizing it. And we start to normalize it. And that's kind of a, a slippery slope. So I do believe that an expectation of respect is really important. And I encourage you and me both to make that a high priority in your relationship with your son. But I'm going to add here in the same way, I think it's really important that we begin to learn to speak words of respect to the emerging young men in our sons. Now, respect is something that men crave and need. Some of you have read Emerson Agrick's book, Love and Respect, and it's really a book about marriage. He shows a little cycle chart that shows that women's greatest need is to feel loved and men's greatest need is to feel respected and how they kind of play into one another. When a woman feels loved, she's going to be more freely respectful to her husband. When a husband feels respected, he's going to give love more freely to his wife. So it's a beautiful thing there. But Emerson Agrix has also written a book called Mother and Son, and it's about the importance of moms using what he calls respect language as their sons grow up. Um, I'll read a quote from that book. He says, I am calling you as a mother to become an expert in the language of respect that your son speaks, not only because it will bless and energize your son, but also because it will enable you to show him how to be a respectful person. So I thought this was really interesting, and I I've uh, tried to put it into practice as my sons grow up. I try to use phrases that have the word respect in it. It it seems really sometimes a little bit contrived in the moment, but I'll say something like, you know, Jonah, thank you so much for getting your work done on time. I just really respect that you are getting so good at time management, that you know what you need to do and you do it. Or to my little Levi, you know, Levi, I really respect that you got your chores done in time today. And I just appreciate it. It makes such a difference to our whole family. And I try to use other words that I consider respect words as well. Things that just really speak to and affirm that emerging masculinity in our boys. So I might say, wow, you are becoming such a fine young man. Like I really appreciate how you did that. You're so much like your father in this way. Um, Just trying to think of those words that build them up in their God-given desire to be a young man. And so just looking for opportunities to use respect words has been really interesting and fun for me. And I've absolutely seen it make a difference. Some, you know, you just throw a small word in, you don't feel like it's a big deal, but you can kind of see their shoulders go back, their chest stick out and you just realize wow, that really did something to him. So respect is a great building block. We should require an attitude of respect, um, respectful words from our kids. That just needs to be the standard in our homes. But at the same time, we should also look for opportunities to speak respectfully to our sons, especially as they grow up into those tween and teenage years. All right, so we've talked about love, trust, respect, and then the final building block of our relationship with our sons is what I call the glue of grace. And there is no doubt if love, trust, and respect build the foundation for our relationship with our sons, then grace is the glue that holds them all together. Now, we know that grace, by definition, is unmerited favor, and nothing strengthens a relationship like the gift of grace. I mean, God gives us grace. Every breath we have is grace. We don't deserve any of it. And there is no doubt that in our relationship with our kids, 
we're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. We need to know that and we need to let them know that there is grace. I think it's important to extend grace to our kids and it's also important for our kids to see us extend grace to ourselves. And so being able to say, you know what, I am so grateful that God has forgiven me, that he's paid the price for my sins and I'm going to keep trying to do better, but I am not perfect. And I think kids need to see us owning that, to see us asking forgiveness, see us continuing to work on doing better in all areas, but giving ourselves grace and also giving them grace. They need to know that the home and your family is a safe place to fall down and they can get back up and we're going to cheer them on as they keep going. So grace, I say here, will come through in our tone, in what we say, and even in our body language. And when we know how much we've been forgiven and remember what it was like to be our son's ages, we'll be much more likely to extend grace when they need it the most. So friends, those are the four building blocks of a healthy relationship with your son, love, trust, respect, and grace. And again, you're going to find a whole lot more about all of those things in my book, Boy Mom. Also, at the end of that chapter, I have a little list of 20 ways to make your son feel loved. And I'm going to make that available to all of you in the show notes. So if you go over to show notes, you can grab that, download it. And it's just some fun, inspiring ways to communicate love to your son. So I hope you enjoy those. Now, I want to say a quick prayer for all of you moms who are building, rebuilding, maybe just starting to build a relationship with your sons. If you join me, here we go. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for everyone listening, for every mom and her heart for her son or sons. God, thank you for the boys you've put in our life. Thank you for our families. God, thank you that you know what you're doing, that you chose us to be the moms for our sons and that you have a plan and a purpose for them and for us. And God, I know it would be your desire that we would raise them with a healthy relationship with us. So give us the wisdom, give us the courage, uh, give us the the time and wisdom to be present so that we can build that relationship. So for all those moms just starting out, I pray that you give them the energy to face every day. For those moms in the thick of it, I pray that you would bring other moms alongside them, um, help their husbands to be there to support them, give them whatever kind of support system they need and the wisdom to navigate well. And God, I just pray your grace be all over these relationships. Thank you, God, for being a God who loves us, for being a father who is perfect and shows us how to parent well and help us to be more like you. And to you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really enjoyed this, and I hope you'll let me know if you enjoy me going through these topics from Boy Mom as well. Please do leave comments over in show notes. That always encourages me. Or you can also email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com if you want to talk more about this topic or have suggestions for future topics. This spring, I have a great lineup here on the podcast, some really good interviews, more awesome topics. I hope to support and encourage you as you raise those boys. So thank you for being a part of this podcast community. Please continue to spread the word about this podcast. You can take a screenshot of this episode right here and share it to your social media or just tell a friend about the Boy Mom Podcast. Okay, friends, have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.